Welcome to Monday, August 27th. Um, quote of the day, if you don't have a goal, any road will get you there. That's Yogi Berra. So yesterday, I uh, we had a good day. Uh, I ran a lot of the AV stuff at church, and we're testing out a software called Proclaim that I figured out something really cool this weekend on how to basically broadcast uh, the, the this presentation via a web page, and it really simplified things. And also, um, I was able to use a an open source tool called OBS, Open Broadcasting Studio, to do the streaming and the presentation and all that. It worked really well, and I don't think we had too many interruptions in the stream. It was uh, kind of a refreshing improvement, but uh, that was really cool. And on top of that, um, I, I learned a lot of new tech, and um, I think it was received pretty well. So moving forward there. Next step is to <laughs> drastically improve the audio, but there's that. So anyway, um, so that was good. I also, for uh, the afternoon, um, we, we came home and managed to actually get the kids down for a nap, which is great. Uh, Saban was... It was a rough day Saturday. He didn't nap and he was busy and he was just he fell asleep at dinner. We went out with some friends and it was it was rough, but yesterday was better. Um, I also got up on top of the roof, cleaned out the gutters, and uh, Saban wanted to help me out with that, so we took the hose up the ladder and washed out all the gutters and he had a blast and I did too. It was it was great. So it was it was a good day. Um, you know, we're also thinking about um, this this quote of the day that if you don't have a goal any road will get you there I'm reading this email I get this email from uh, a guy named John Stevenson who is somewhere in the Kansas City area and uh, he just got this weekly newsletter that he does and I really kind of like it one of my old bosses um, turned me on to it but he's talking about good envy and bad envy and one of the things that uh, he highlights in here, who is this that he mentions? Uh, Johannes Hosshofer, a Princeton professor, uh, posted a CV of failures on his professional website. And I started thinking about that. And he has some other tips about failure and success, uh, where he says, talk openly about your failures and successes in order to kind of generate um, good envy, you know, something that inspires other people. And I thought about actually trying to do that on my own site, just looking at listing out some failures and as well as the successes and maybe even pointing the failures in a direction of this is how this failure led me to grow in some way. Um, anyway, so that was kind of an interesting thought for today. Um, something I also want to share with my wife who's feeling like, you know, lately she's made a lot of career failures and it's not sure where to take them but um, I keep trying to remind her that you know when whenever you fail it's an opportunity to learn and, and grow and be better in some way and, and take a different direction that will hopefully be better and so in the end it turns out to not really be a failure just a way of looking at it a uh, fun little tech thing for this week uh, I'll uh, so we're, we're looking at at church doing some different communication applications and I put telegram out telegram out there as an option op, uh, an option 
Um, I'm, you know, I, I used it a long time ago. I didn't know anybody on it, so I was kind of like, meh. But then I picked it back up when I was managing an internal team and got them to use it as kind of a their own little social network uh, at the office, and they still use it a ton. They love it, and it's just a great application. Uh, nobody really owns it, and I don't think they're going to, which is great. Uh, unlike WhatsApp, even though WhatsApp has some really nice features in comparison, they're very much the same. Um, so anyway, we're going to try it as a communication tool for the church, p potentially. But um, I'm really having fun extending it and trying to see what else we can do with it and how we can uh, use it to get the message out to the church and potentially lots of other people if we if we get there. So anyway... Uh, if you're on Telegram, feel free to hit me up at uh, my username's um, Joshua Tally. So just do t.me slash Joshua Tally and you'll find me there. Anyway, hope you're having a great day and that uh, this was helpful to you in some way. See ya. It's really working through getting a lot of advice, just tighten up different areas of the church. And so that's what we're going to be talking about a, a little bit tonight is uh, just one of the areas that we really want to focus on. Um, and uh, before we get into all the details, I want to do a little lesson just to kind of mm. pair our hearts. Because a lot of us deal with structure or changes or whatever in different ways. Some people could care less. Some people it's very stressful. Some people it's disappointing because, you know, maybe you're a part of a new group, which means you're a group that you love and have been a part of it forever. You feel like you're kind of getting pulled away. You know, so we all deal with that kind of stuff differently. So I want us to really... Focus our hearts, okay? Uh, Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. We will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me, what the king had said to me. They replied, Let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Now, just to clarify, I don't think the church is in ruins or has been burned by fire, okay? Just to clarify. But, you know, there's some important backstory here because Israel had been in exile. And for the first time, Nehemiah goes back to kind of survey the city. And it's, kind of, it's just, it's rumble. And so there was this need to rebuild the walls, right? Because without that structure there... They were susceptible to enemy attacks from all sides. And so I think it's important for us to realize, guys, that there is a place for physical organization and structure within the church. Amen. That's important because without that, just like what we see here from the city, without that, we can be susceptible to attacks from the enemy as well. Yeah. However, the second half of Nehemiah, they, right, they rebuild the wall. There's some opposition. There's always opposition when you're restructuring or rebuilding. But then Ezra comes in, and it's all about refocusing on God. And I think as you restructure, no matter what organization it is, but especially in the church, as you rebuild or you restructure, we got to remember where to keep our eyes focused on. Right? Because any structure or any organization or any schedule or any whatever is just a means to worshiping God. And so we've got to keep in mind that as we, as we go through the church and tighten up different areas or restructure different areas, 
to keep our eyes fixed on where they're supposed to be fixed. Right? Because sometimes I think we can get super focused on the restructuring and the rebuilding part, and we can lose sight of why that's there in the first place, which mm-hmm. is really to worship God. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this balance, guys, of we need to get in there and structure things and organize things and tighten things up. But if we're not focused on God, if our hearts aren't in the right place, no structure is going to solve it. Yep. And so we've got to maintain that balance, okay? Um, and so tonight what I want to do is I want to just take us through, uh, we're not, we are not even going to go close to talking about every single detail of every single part of organization of every single area in the church, okay? I just want to focus us tonight on one area that we really want to focus first that I think affects most people, okay? And so as we go, I'll try to do my best to, uh, to explain it. And we'll, at the end, we'll have an opportunity just for a few questions for clarification. Not like, I don't like this, but questions for clarification, <laughs> right, and understanding. Um, and, uh, and then the following midweek, we're going to follow up and go into a little more detail about a little other area. So tonight is just really focused on just a couple things, okay? So 2019, uh, this is our initial focus, okay? This is not the only focus for the year, but this is where we're really focused to start off. The first place is unifying as a family, and the second focus is passing things on and raising other people up, okay? Um, So just to talk about this a little bit, being unified as a family. There are three kind of areas in this that we want to that we want to address. Number one, we want to be unified as a church family. So we want to we're going to be restructuring our small groups. That's that's mainly what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be restructuring discipling relationships. We want to re-engage our extended family. We want to continue and even grow and having more church-wide events sprinkled in throughout the year. And we're going to be doing a midweek series titled Family Matters, okay, to kind of kick off. And so through the, you know, within this, we're going to have some men and women separate midweeks. We're going to have midweeks focused on uh, being great parents, being great moms, being great dads, being great sons and daughters of God. And this is something that we want the whole church to be part of. We want to use this as an opportunity to equip the marrieds, the parenting in the church, but also this is an opportunity for the younger people in the church to learn from the older people in the church. And we want you guys, the younger people without kids, to also hear how we should be parenting to help keep us accountable, right? So uh, I think something like this is really going to equip the church but also unify the church. So these are just a few areas that we're going to focus on to really unify the church here as a family. Um, The second area of unified families, we want to grow in our unity with our family in Kansas City. Uh, Now, this is, you know, just to clarify, this isn't a a merging of churches or anything like that. But as we've gone on over the last 10 years, we've we've kind of been doing ministry separately. And I think what we've realized over that 10-year span is we really need each other. We really need each other. And in order for us to do God's work most effectively, we need each other. It just makes sense to partner together. In order for us to really spread the gospel in Topeka or in Manhattan or in different parts of Kansas City or in Lincoln, Nebraska or all over the heartland, we've got to work together. We each have resources that the other churches need, and we don't want to double our efforts, right? We don't want to 
double our efforts doing something here when we can really easy piggyback on something that's already being done 30 minutes down the road. Come on. Right? And so we, we really want to be working together. Um, and here's a couple areas just right off the bat that we're really excited about. So in 2019, we're going to have six joint services. Okay? Um, so that's going to be every other month we'll have one. And we're really excited because three of those, we're going to fly in somebody from outside, you know, someone like a, you know, leader of another region in the U.S. to come in for a weekend. Maybe that couple's going to do a leadership workshop and preach on Sunday. So we're going to really utilize uh, those couples as they come in. And that's something that we're going to be doing together as churches. Uh, we're going to be having regularly uh, regular staff meetings once a month. You know, Katie and I have really appreciated the Hercas. We're in a discipling relationship, just so you guys know for accountability's sake. They are they are our disciplers. Um, you know, so if there's ever anything that, obviously, come talk to us. But you know, if you need to talk to them, go for it. Um, but we're really excited about that. They've been great friends, but also just great mentors. Uh, and we're going to be doing some joint ministry work. So we really want to work together with the campus ministries, and we really want to work together with our team ministries and our young professionals and have men's days and women's days and parenting workshop, all those kind of things. We want to, we want to work together on those things and, and not double our efforts, if that makes sense. So we're really excited about that, and we really strongly believe that we are more effective for God working together than separate. And that's really the reason behind unifying with our family in Kansas City. And then the last area is going to be unifying as a Heartland family. And we're planning to have as many of the Heartland leaders around the region come in to speak throughout the year as possible. So coming in for, you know, we want to get people to come in for our midweeks. We want to get people to come in for our Sunday services, maybe come in for a weekend and do some stuff. So we really want to try to get in, if possible, every leader in the Heartland in, in, in 2019. Come on. Uh, we also have a Jubilee. Okay, it's been the first time in eight or nine years we're going to have a Heartland Jubilee Labor Day weekend. It's going to be it's in Kansas City, so we don't have to go very far either, right? Uh, so we're really excited about that. Um, and we're, we're in works. We're putting plans in place because two of our smallest churches, Springfield and Little Rock, they're both under 30 members. As a region, we're going to pull together come up with some plans, pool our resources together to get those churches in a healthier place. Um, and we're going to be working towards that in 2019. So, so these are just some areas that we're going to be working and focusing on being a unified family. We want to grow in our unified, uh, unified family here in, as a church with our brothers and sisters in Kansas City and as a heartland region. So that's one of the big focuses initially for 2019. And then the second focus is really passing things on and raising people up. Um, we've had different people move. We've had different people transition into new roles, which means there's a lot of roles that need to be filled. And so we really are going to be having an intentional effort initially to raise people up to move into new roles. So uh, we're going to need people to get out of their comfort zones, try new things. We're going to need to trust people and pass different responsibilities on to them. We're going to need to be patient with people as they're learning these new responsibilities. But I, I think as a whole, this is really going to help our church grow and help more people get involved. Amen? Amen. So uh, those are kind of our two initial focuses for 2019, unifying as a family and passing things on and raising people up. Okay. So for the rest of, of my time here, what I want to talk about is the main area 
that we want to get going uh, first, okay? And this is what we're calling our family groups, okay? Um, we are we want to put a heavy emphasis as it, into our family groups moving forward, okay? So you're going to hear me say the phrase family groups about 100 times tonight, okay? And that's on purpose. But just so, just to clarify, because we're really not changing too much up. I mean, none of this stuff is new. It's just different vocabulary and, and all that, okay? A family group is the same, it'd be the same thing as a Bible talk or a small group. But we really want to use the phrase family group because we don't want it to just be limited to a Bible discussion, although that is going to be part of it, but we really want to emphasize, we cannot emphasize family enough, okay? So this is going to be within the adult ministry, but also with the campus ministry. Not much is going to change with your groups, except for they're not going to be called Bible talks. We're going to refer to them as family groups. So anytime you hear someone refer to a family group, that's what we're talking about. Okay? So it's small groups, it's Bible talks, it's all the same thing, but we're going to actively work to train ourselves to use the phrase family group. Okay? Um, what's this organization going to be? Now, I, I want to make this clear. Some of this, most of this applies directly to the adult ministry. Okay? So campus, uh, a lot of what we're about to get into, your family groups, your Bible talks are staying the same. Okay? The, the way that your Bible talks are organized each semester, that's going to stay the same. Most of what's going to change for you is calling them family groups and extended family, which we're going to get into uh, here in a little bit, okay? But organized uh, for the adult ministry, this is going to be a blend of all ages and stages of life beyond campus ministry, okay? So young singles, older singles, younger marrieds, older marrieds, with kids, without kids, we're going to have a blend of ages and stages of life that are going to make up these different family groups, Okay, this is one of the ways that we're really actively going to try to unify the church, okay? Each family group is going to have somewhere between 12 and 15 people in it, okay? Give or take. You may have a group with 9, you may have a group with 16, but that's, that's what we're shooting for, okay? Um, every family group, and this is throughout the whole church, we want to focus on these three main goals. Make disciples, mature disciples, build family. So everything we do as a church, but in particularly as a family group, every meeting, every interaction, we want it to aim toward one of those three goals. Make disciples, mature disciples, and build family. And we're going we're gonna to reevaluate throughout the year. Because you may have some groups that are super close-knit. Family is not an issue. But we don't have any Bible studies going on within our group, right? So our focus might be toward generating some Bible studies, getting out, sharing our faith, getting some new visitors, right? You might have a group that's super evangelistic but isn't very close-knit. So maybe the focus of the hour is going to be building family, okay? So uh, those are the three goals for every family group. And family group meetings are flexible, okay? We're going to ask each family group to meet at least, but not limited to two times a month. So every other week, but it could be more. It's all going to be needs-based, based on the individual family group needs, right? Like I said, you might have a family group that, man, we, we need to meet more than 
twice, two times this month. Because we really need to work on, we're trying to mature our group. So we really need to work on stuff. That's going to be up to the family group. That's going to be up to the leadership of that family group, okay? Uh, but we're also encouraging creativity within these meetings. So one week you might have everybody over and have a big meal. One week you might have your traditional Bible discussion. One week you might do a service project. One week you might go to, you know, so-and-so's kids dance recital. I, whatever. Whatever as a group, whatever, to meet those three goals throughout the year. Make disciples, mature disciples, and build family. So we really want to give a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom, and a lot of creative freedom to each family group to meet the needs within their group. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, excited about that. You have a lot of flexibility within your group. Um, young professionals. Um, so just to clarify, all of our young professionals are going to be blended into these family groups. However, we are still going to have once a month a young professional event or activity, okay? And Aaron and Courtney are currently still the point couple for that. Um, and those are going to be coordinated with Kansas City consistently, okay? So you will have your family group that you're a part of. And then once a month, we'll have an activity or event for young professionals to connect with everybody here, but also in Kansas City, invite your coworkers out to, you know, stuff like that, okay? So uh, I think right now the YoPros are meeting somewhere between one to two times a month. So you're not really losing the YoPro ministry, you're gaining a family group. That make sense? Okay, extended family. All right, uh, as the campus ministry has grown, as the church has grown, it's gotten impossible because of how much campus ministry fluctuates to organize, hey, you're going to be with this family, you're going to be with this family, you're going to be with this, because it just, it changes so frequently. So what we're going to do is an adult family group is going to be paired up with a campus family group, and that's going to equal an extended family. Come on. All right? We are going to leave the, uh, how you want to do that, we're going to leave it up to you, okay? So that campus the family group leaders with the campus group and the family group leaders with the adult group, you guys can figure that out. We're, we're, we'd encourage you guys to do something monthly, but it's up to you guys, hmm. okay? So if you want to have a, everybody, we're going to have everybody in both family groups, and we're going to go to the pumpkin patch, or we're going to go, it's nice out, we're going to have a picnic, we're going to have everybody over at the Ziegler's house, whatever, cram nice. uh, <laughs> in there, you can do that. If you think it's going to be more beneficial to pair everybody up, you can do that. It's on. It, it's up to the family group leaders, okay? But this is going to be a way that, uh, one, we can create unity within the church, but it's also a little simpler way to organize it, okay? So um, that's what we're going to be doing with our extended families. And I will say this. Extended families aren't going to be established until the family groups are established. Okay, so this isn't something, like, don't expect this to happen January 1. Okay, this is going to happen sometime within 2019, but before we can do this effectively, we've got to get the family groups within the adult ministry established. Okay? Does that make sense? Excited about that, excited to kind of re-engage those uh, extended families and really grow our unity as a church. So, um, some next steps here. We talked about all this stuff. Okay, so what are we going to do leaving this room, right? What, what's next? So 
not much, right? But the next step is we're actively in the process of meeting and selecting who our family group leaders are going to be, okay? And we're also in the process of kind of strategically structuring out these family groups because we don't want to have we don't want to have a family group with five older married couples with kids and then ten, right? <laughs> that might be fine. Tay may love it. Everybody, I mean, I have full confidence that we can make that work, okay? Because we're all disciples and we have Jesus in common. But we're gonna we're gonna put a little thought into, you know, blending it strategically so that there's not, you know, hey. You know, let's all talk about how our kids are doing. Oh, and Tay, you're a pro. You know, you, you get the point, okay? So that's what we're kind of actively doing behind the scenes. We're selecting leaders. We're working to kind of organize stuff. Um, you will be contacted by your new family group leader by or before that January 23rd meeting, okay? So how we're going to do it is we'll have all of our leaders selected. We'll kind of we'll work together to organize some of these groups. We'll kind of run them by and make sure, you know, is there anything we're missing? And then we're going to have those family group leaders reach out to all the people in their family groups and kind of invite you into that family group, okay? So that's kind of the next steps. I don't want to say just now you just wait, but kind of, okay? And um, from, you know, so from there... Discipling, what we're really going to try to do is we really would like for discipling to be organized within your family group, just for consistency's sake. Now, we there, there, that's not a blanket statement. There are some situations where, hey, we're not the same family group, but it's really beneficial for in the same discipling relationship, and we get that, okay? But um, so first thing is the family groups, leaders are going to be kind of selected, family groups are going to kind of be organized, and then you're going to hear from people uh which family group that you're going to be in by or before the January 23rd meeting. Now, that does mean if you're in a current small group in the adult ministry, it's probably going to be changing. And that, that's where I would just encourage us, uh, sometimes that kind of change and transition can be difficult, especially if you've been in you know, an awesome group that you've really built bonds with, that you've been in for a long time. Try to view that change as a positive thing, right? Because usually change... Mm. comes when there's growth yeah and so uh i think when we're younger change is a little easier like in the campus ministry you change bible talks and disciples every month right not just exaggerations <laughs> but as, as we get older you know sometimes change change gets a little harder i am a very routine person i like familiarity i like rhythm so but i just want to encourage us as a church one change means growth so that's a good thing but two uh your group may have people in it that are needed elsewhere. And so we've got to remember to think of the church as a whole, that it's not just about us. It's about the church as a whole, and we're going to do whatever we need to to meet the needs of the church. Amen? Um, so that is an overview of our family groups, right? And once again, our initial focus for 2019 is we want to – grow in, in our unified family dynamic, okay? Here with Kansas City and in the heartland. And our second focus is passing things on and raising people up. So we talked about these family groups because that's really the first area that we're going to go after. I just want to open it up here. We've got, we've got about five minutes here before we close out. Just a couple questions for clarification. And if you think of a question later, 
you can always email, okay? And these are questions that we can then take, and if we miss something, uh, we can work on, and then by our next midweek, we can clarify things like that. But are there any questions, just to clarify, that I can help with? Steve. Um, so a lot about a lot of what you just spoke about is the adult ministry. Do we need to call out anything specific for teens and preteens as they relate to this structure going forward? So good, good question. Do we need to call out anything in regards to teens or preteens in regards to the, the family groups? So the teens are still going to have their their teen stuff, right? Um, but I, I don't I don't want to exclude our teens from those family groups. I think there's a, a lot of value in, you know, my kid learning from brother so-and-so that's, that's in, in my group. So uh, I think incorporating our teens and our preteens, and if you have even younger kids, incorporating that then into that family group as much as possible. So I, I, how I envision it, I would want our kids to be pulled in and have a bunch of uncles and aunts and brothers and sisters. We really want these family groups to drive the church. We want our church to move through small groups. So we're almost viewing these little family groups as almost little ministries. As the church grows, as much as I think we'd like to, it's going to be hard for every person to be best friends with every person. But if everybody's got 10 or 15 people that they're really close with in their family, then everybody's going to be pulled in, everybody's going to be taken care of, everybody's going to belong, right? And I think it's a lot easier to move 15 people than 150 people. So I would incorporate our teens as much as possible, but we don't want to conflict with their teens. That we, you know, they're going to still have their own stuff. Good question. Their teens, you know. Go and play outside, right? Whatever. <laughs> any, any, other, any other questions just to clarify? <laughs> Thank you, Connor. Connor said he doesn't really like it. Great. <laughs> Leave it to your brother, right? Okay. Any la last chance? Any other questions? Just for just to clarify. Okay. Well, guys, once again, we need structure and organization, but the purpose is to be able to take care of God's people so we can better serve Him and worship Him. Okay, so uh, we're really excited to finally be able to tighten this stuff up, to get discipling re-engaged throughout the church, to grow in our building bridges within the different age groups, uh, and to really start moving forward and restructure our small groups. So uh, really thankful for your patience. Jakira? Good question. Um, so this is what I'll say. If you're currently in a extended family or something that, you know, because we've had, there are some extended families that have continued to meet. Some that, so if you're in something like that, I'd say just continue to do that until further notice. I don't think these extended families will be organized by January 23rd. So I don't, I, I, I don't want it to take forever, but... Like I said, we first we want all the adults within that family group to become family 
before we give them an additional responsibility of building family with a separate group of 10, if that makes sense. So it is gonna take a little bit of time. Good question. But you don't have to wait till that to have any interaction with any adults within the church. So, and vice versa, adults, you can have campus students over before that, okay? I would just be aware that you might be having campus students over, but then a month from then, you may have a new extended family. So just, just keep that stuff in mind. Amen. Guys, thank you. Really want to just thank you guys for your patience and your flexibility. I know some of this stuff can be, it just, it takes time, but we'll get through it. It's got to be done, and, and I'm excited for, I think, what the fruit's going to be. I think we're going to really be enriched as a church and grow in our unity. And there's going to be more people that are, that are stepping up, and I think we're going to be able to recapture that family dynamic that this church has always had and we're really grateful for. So um, I'm going to close this with a prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll close with a break. God, thank you so much for, for the family. Thank you that we're able to be a part of the family of believers. Uh, God, thank you that you've given us a family, that we don't have to do this thing on our own. Uh, God, I pray that you'd really continue to guide the church. And God, we just want to be responsible with what you've entrusted us with. God, it's, it's a great responsibility, the work of your church. And, um, you know, that shows how much you trust us and love us. But we want to be diligent with that. So, God, I pray that we can put effective plans in place to really accomplish your work and keep us close with one another and close to you. God, really, that's what we want. We want to be in a right relationship with you for eternity. Uh, we love you. We need you. Once again, please fill us with your spirit. Guide the church with your wisdom. It's your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. break on three. One, two, three. I'm here. 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 I'm here.